podcast. Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And we are the Queer Arabs. I am Saudi American and a lesbian. And I am bi trans Lebanese and we are broadcasting in America. And we have a guest who is currently in Israel. Hi. Rafael, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Rafael. Um, I'm a mixed race North African Jew. Uh-huh. And I'm currently living in Israel. Awesome. So. Awesome. And I'm an artist. You're an artist, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> where can people find your art and look at it? Uh, in my Instagram, it's R-O-Z-E-N dot A-R-T. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> absolutely amazing. I am Thank such so a much. fan. Yeah. Thank um, you so much. When did you start? Uh, when did you start creating this art? Uh, actually, I, I've been drawing like since forever, and I, I think mostly like four or five years ago, I started like getting really into art. And most of the time it was like, because I drew like fan art and then I realized I don't want to draw fan art anymore. And I want to draw like political art Yeah. because uh, most of the stuff I see aren't really about people like me. They're like usually about one group, uh-huh. like um, a mixed North African Jewish, I'm, I'm a trans guy and I'm gay also. Yeah. So being all those. And minorities together is a bit hard to find people that are like exactly like you. Can you describe some of your pieces um, and what inspired them? Yeah, sure. I'm actually, uh, there's an artist I like a lot. His name is Felix Deon. And he creates a lot about like queer love and queer bodies. And he really inspires me. So wow. <laughs> I make a lot of pieces that are a little bit although not obviously not exactly. I feel like a lot of people think that Mina folk are usually like, especially queer Mina folk are usually like unlovable maybe or unwanted. You know, the feeling when like usually a white person makes you feel like you're unloved because of your ethnicity and that you need to be, that you're like less. Um, it's like, oh my God, you're so lucky to be alive being, you know, yeah. queer and Mina and oh my God, you're like the only one I've ever met. And it's. <laughs> And like, can I get an autograph because you're still alive? Can I get an autograph? You're still alive. You're a celebrity. Oh, you didn't kill you yet. Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, my God. I remember just because what a low standard. It's like, oh, you're alive. Like, I remember like at one uh, gaming con, they had like a like a queer area. And, (laughs) you know, I basically like there were a whole bunch of people just talking about themselves. And they're like, one person came up to me and they were like, oh, hey, you look on you just like yeah i'm trans and he's like no 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 you're uh i don't know and i was like lebanese he's like so you're trans and lebanese and you're here and i'm like yeah and he basically fanboyed and i I was just like really (laughs) that's all it took (laughs) like oh you're a person with belonging to more than one minority I know. Like unbelievable. Bull, mind blown. So do you uh, do you think like your art is influenced by all of the minority group feel you know you identify with? I think so because I I feel like um I feel like okay, my dream is like to to inspire people the way that people inspired me. So I want to like like not kids, but people to see like trans people and queer North Africans to see like oh that person is like me and he draws people that are like me and they're shown like in love and their bodies are normal 
and that's something I really want to create. For uh, those who don't have the privilege of being able to check out his art right now, it's got this very, uh, I want to call it like postcard line art look that's always depicting like uh, same-sex couples yeah, uh, well, in, I would say, loving some. some. Um, yeah, there I mean, I think one of your pieces that really stands out is the two, the two people hugging and they're kissing. Mm -hmm. And they're both very tattoo. much... Uh, yeah. It's so powerful and like they're, one of them has henna on. Yeah, and they're I both... want to create like, um, I didn't want to, to create too much like detail, but I also wanted to give and the fact that they're very North African, like the tattoos and the henna and yes, even like their hairstyles and yeah, and the earrings are very have a very distinct style. <laughs> and they are most most definitely not white passing. Yeah, yeah. So. like I'm really white passing, so it's a little bit like people always like <laughs> people like you really are usually like really shocked when I say like oh yeah I'm part Tunisian and oh, then like Tunisian. I had a okay. yeah. I had like people tell me that by drawing, they thought they thought like I'm fetish fetishizing, like making like hypersexualizing Arab people because I draw same sex couples and I was just like, <laughs> you're like, and I was like really, but I, really I you're like, but I have ties yeah. to the region. So. It's like I live here, damn it. And you live yeah. in the Middle East too. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, but yeah. you're like, also, it's like, I'm not going, I'm like, I'm trying to say this, like, you know, before like the 70s, uh, when sort of the Arab politicalization became a thing, like people from the Middle East were very much seen as asexual people, you know, it was depicted yeah. in American, American and Egyptian films as such, you know, mostly men, because women yeah. were uh, perceived as like, um, exotic flowers who were need to be picked and deflowered by the white man. Yes, and mm. then you had the uh, swarthy Arab males swooping in to rescue the poor white woman. Hmm. So, and yeah. actually, like about fetishizing, I can say that, like hypersexualizing Arab people is usually like I see a lot in like gay communities in Israel because so, so usually there's like a ton of jokes about minorities because people. Um, because there's more awareness to that. So there's a lot of like Palestinian people coming up right now, and, like gay Palestinian people saying, okay, so you want to like have sex with me and then you want like introduce me to your family. And you think like some kind of one night stand. So you oh. say you love Arabs, but you really just want me. The, oh. Yeah, that's not unique to the Middle East. That's kind of a thing here too. The disposable yeah. minority lover, it's... I, yeah, yeah, like I, a experiment, like a really interesting experiment. It's like mm -hmm. I'm so progressive for sleeping with you, but I will never take you home to my parents. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, also like um, I, I had like um, a talk with my father because actually a couple that one of them Jewish and one of them Muslim or Christian can get like legally married by the like uh, like the religious. Uh, Religious ceremony, they can't have yeah. a religion ceremony. Yeah. So I had a talk with my father about, uh, he said, like, gay people, he said, gay people can't get married, but people of Arab descent and Arabs can. And they said, straight Arabs can get married. And then he didn't like 
realize what I was saying. He said, yeah, Arabs can get married. And I said, no, straight Arabs can get married. Yeah, specifically straight Arabs, yeah. Yeah, because there's no yeah. such thing as gay Arabs. They're just a product. Of They're just that evil Western influence coming in again. <laughs> I think, like, mostly in Israel, Arab is a very political identity. Yeah. And it's political because, everywhere. Just, yeah, just saying. But, but, but because here it's very tied to, like, Palestinian struggle. Yeah. So most people, like, of Arab descent don't really want to use it and are really, like, afraid of that world, word. Oh. Um yeah. So there's like other terms for people to like differentiate themselves. Like my grandma, like my great grandma, she's she it took her almost like a hundred years, and she said like once. Well, well, yeah, I'm Arab. She said like that once. Oh, okay. So Jewish people who are Maghrebi, yeah, will try to avoid the word Arab. Yeah, there are, uh, there's like a word called Mizrahi. Mizrahi, oh, Mizrahi means Eastern. Yeah. Uh-huh. So MENA folk use North African folk and Middle Eastern people usually use like Mizrahi to identify themselves yeah. and like differentiate themselves from like Ashkenaz. actual like Arabs. Oh, okay. It's considered like a, a bad word. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of weight to the word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, I'm just, I love, I love how you really bring the... North African influence into your so much of your work. It's awesome. Like one of them, <laughs> the background has the Hamza, mm-hmm. and I really love that. It's. I mean, I guess that's not just tied to North Africa, but um, yeah. Uh, I think it mostly like orig- I think it originated in Tunisia or Morocco. From oh, I... really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Then... So it so it is tied to that. Yeah. I love it. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, can you talk about another? Uh, so we talked about that piece that I brought up with the two people. Like, can you talk about maybe another a piece that really sticks out to you that you've done um, and what inspired you to do it? There's a piece uh, where I, I I made it for a friend, actually, who's like two. She, she's part Tunisian and she's a lesbian. And oh. I made her like a gift that that was um, inspired by how gay men and bi men were affected by orientalism and the white gaze. Yeah. And it's like, it's a man that's standing quite like, he looks like kind of confused and between a bunch of women that are like drawn in, in a very typical orientalist way oh. that they're seen as, as very delicate and they usually naked and he's standing there and he's quite confused. He doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because I feel like a lot of people, a lot of the, like gay men, bi men want to, want to take, like grab the attention from, like want to take the white gaze too. The, like the attention from white men and they don't really know how to do that. Yeah. That well, this... Are you, are you talking about the one where it's a man and he's wearing, he has gold jewelry? Yes. It's, oh, I uh, see. Yeah. I usually do like tattoos, which are very typically, very, and usually like jewelry too. And I started like doing the tattoos where I would just look at pictures and then I started making stuff up. So cool. But uh, yeah, I often like see, at least in America, a lot of people who are Mina and queer 
go out with white people because that's sort of like the only in, like their only interaction with queer culture you know yeah because it's like there are no well until recently there was no sort of like public sense of queer arabs being a thing so it's like well i have to sort of drop my culture and, sub and sort of submit myself to this queer whiteness and you know that's kind of sad so yeah but i i feel like here it's a little bit different because there's a very big like jewish community about like 60 percent of the population of are jews of mina descent oh so there's a okay. yeah there's a lot more of uh, a lot more like awareness yeah. to although i didn't i don't really see it on tv shows and movies at least not like not really talking at least about. not like yeah they can catholic arab actors or half arab actors and then they would like give them a white name and want to talk about it oh oh wow i remember like th this movie you talked about the israeli movie that about the idf soldiers when where one of them was like one of the actors is half arab and it isn't talked about in the movie at all really and yeah most of like it's sad because most of like the media about me and the jews are is really like it's a bit homophobic really homophobic and yeah. gay people are mostly like used as a joke i remember like i was oh. watching the show about the moroccan family and then a, a gay a gay guy that was battling like conversion therapy showed up and then it was really like a, a, he was just like the butt of the joke for like three episodes. Ugh. Wow, that that would have just that would like make me stop watching the show and probably yeah. the entire channel entirely. Uh, that's but that's like it's yeah. really depressing. It's disheartening for sure. And there are, yeah. I never found like really a lot of I ne I actually haven't found like Western media about. Mina Jews, uh, Mina LGBT Mina Jews. Now that you mention it, same, same here. I can't think of any media that um, has a Mina Jewish character or actor. Maybe an actor, but that we don't. It's not highlighted. There are like there's there's a large population of North African Jews in France. So oh, there yeah. are a bunch of like French films about North African Jews, but it's never like about LGBT Jews and. Like LGBT North African Jews, and I've seen like, I tried to find like the most like, I tried to find stories and movies about North African people who are also queer, and it was I found like three movies. Oh wow! And none of them were Jewish. Oh my gosh. Um, one of our recent guests was talking about the need for just representation in the media for Mina folks in general, like queer Mina folks in general. And so we started a Google document uh, with a list of like what we have found, and it's pretty short so far. In yeah, it's, it's um, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Actually, there is like a visual novel, like like ooh. not a dating scene, but like a visual novel going on right now in the internet. It's called Jehannam, and it's inspired by North African oh. Middle Eastern cultures, and there are like queer characters, and it's really like. Fun. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm going to Google here. that. Jahannam, right here. Oh, wait. No, you're... Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll find it. We'll find okay. it. <laughs> I remember, like... That's so cool. Because it's really fun because people try to, like, differentiate 
Muslim and Christian Arabs from Jewish Arabs, which I, I don't think like is the right thing to do at all. Yeah, I agree. But that plays back into the politics of the region. So. I know. Yeah. It's and it's but it's so damaging and like creates a division unnecessarily. I feel like I feel like people think that like because the Holocaust didn't happen because of North Africa because of like MENA countries that there isn't and was wasn't any anti semitism in those countries. Oh. Like a lot of people I told them like, yeah, your country may not have like created the Holocaust, but they did bad stuff too. And then, like, consider, think about why there aren't any Jews in your countries. And then they said, like, they all left because of Zionist propaganda. And yeah, I think, no, like, no other internal factors whatsoever, just that Zionist propaganda. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Because I, I don't think, like, I had, like, <laughs> because in 20 years, about a million Jews left the MENA region. I don't think a million people would just like walk up and leave their houses. Exactly, their their homes, their families, their every their whole life. Their careers. It's, it's careers, a lot. Careers, yeah. It's like a, it's, it's a lot, lot to uproot, you know. And it's not like the people think like Arab people that came to Israel like came to like a paradise where they just like sit all day and murder innocent children, and that's like. I'm not ex I'm not excusing Israel in any way. I'm just saying, like, mostly for Mina people, it wasn't n no paradise. They were pushed in like refugee camps, and and yeah. they were just left there. Wow. And I'm glad you're bringing of... I'm glad you're bringing this up because this is not talked about. Yeah, actually, there's like a story that recently popped up too. That there's like a, a bunch of terrible stories because. Like, gay people can't donate blood in Israel, and people talk about that a lot. Uh -huh. And also, people of Ethiopian descent can't donate blood because people think they have AIDS. Oh my gosh. As if, yeah. like, it can't be tested? What? Y yes, the, like, there was a, a, like, a ridiculous, like, <sighs> that doctors, like, took blood from black people and then, like, threw it in the garbage. Oh my gosh. And, like... And in the 60s, I think, there the like, hospitals of uh -huh. people from, that came from Yemen. They yeah. just, like, took the chill people and said, oh, yeah, the kid's dead. Can we say, no, the kid's dead. Wow. And, that, and people think, like, I mean, I think about those stuff, and they're terrible. And America also, I think about other countries. And in the 60s and 70s and the 80s, I yeah. think we're too busy with fighting discrimination in their own places than helping other countries. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I mean, a lot of like the post-World War II is sort of like shaking out the idea of like, can an ethno state exist? And with the places with large minority populations where they couldn't get everyone on board with sort of like doing a purge, like ethnically, it, it never happened. Did it mean it was like yeah. everyone made nice? No, there was like huge civil rights conflicts. What was the place of minorities in countries? You know, and it was, it's not just America that sort of had the shakeout, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it happened yeah. during and after the World War II uh, in a lot of places. I think something that a lot of like Jewish people has have, and I think it's really like similar. I When I see it, I, I talk to like 
African-American people. Mm-hmm. And it's really similar that's generational trauma. Mm. Because people, like, I know that like, like, Jewish make, like, Holocaust jokes. I can make Holocaust jokes because, like, my grandpa was through that, went through that. And I can say that, oh, he went through terrible things and those that knowledge and that trauma was passed to me. And now I can joke about it. Yeah, because it's a way of because coping and I'm dealing. part of the trauma. And it's your way of coping. One of your ways. Yeah. Of, of coping. Yeah. But if a white person does it, it's pretty much a person who's sort of a, who has sort of that legacy of the oppressor who has not inherited these traumas, who is making light of it. It's punching down, you know, yeah. or I mean, anyone who's not Jewish or not had someone in their history um, go through the Holocaust. Yeah, like a person not in that position should not be making those jokes. But like you said, you are the descendant of someone who went through that. So you have you have to cope in your own way. Yeah, because you're right. I um, that the memories, trauma and all that does pass down through and the generations and affects the further generations genetically. Well, not genetically. It's more like, well, um, like when you're young and, and your parents are dealing with the sort of same traumas and sort of processing it, uh-huh. it comes out, you know, and it affects you too. And that's, yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not going to make that genetic memory argument at all, to be honest. Okay, but, that's fair. I I'm I saying... think there's something to it, but but if you, I respect if you don't. Okay, but that's well, that's the thing, you know, mm-hmm. like. While I was born in America, I was brought back to Lebanon just as the uh, Civil War started back up. And while I was into, while I was too young to remember a lot of it, you know, I do rec- remember like the constant arguments once they got out in, back to the United States about whether they should go back. You know, listening to the news constantly, like arguing mm-hmm. over the sides, and mm-hmm. you know even though that's like in my very young past and I wasn't affected of it, I was affected by how my parents had to deal with it and how my family had to deal with it. So I definitely say generational trauma is a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there there have been a lot of studies about um, how DNA can even be affected by memories, by experiences of ancestors. Yeah, but... I guess we're just disagreeing on theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're all agreeing on like <laughs> shit gener- affects people. Stuff <laughs> affects thing uh, uh, affects descendants of yeah. people experiencing feel, something. Yeah. I feel like like um I also feel I have like all, always this feeling like like I'm the not the right person to talk about like the Mina and like North African experience and stuff like that because like I'm mixed and I'm really really white passing. So, like, I told my sister, I was doing, I was like participating in this podcast, and the first thing was like, "But you're not Arab," and oh, we, I think yeah. a, I think a lot of people hear the name of our podcast and they're like, "Oh, well, I'm not technically maybe Arab," and I'm like, "No, the name is to reflect the host, not necessarily mm-hmm. the guest." But in your case, it's like. You have Mina ties. You you have ties to yeah. other parts of the Middle East. And it's our podcast, so we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> by the way, for yeah, those that's of, true. By the way, for those wondering, I do I still have a cold, so 
That's why I sound really weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> you sound fine. I think I, I know what you mean. I have imposter syndrome a lot where I'm like, I yeah. grew up in the United States. Why am I speaking about uh, Middle East related anything. anything? And so I get it where you're like, am I the right spokesperson? And then it, in the end, yeah. it's you realize, no, we all need to be talking about art experiences. I mean, somebody has to start Someone the conversation. Yeah. Somebody has to start the conversation. Yeah. And, you know, we're in a place, like, Alia and I are in a place of privilege where we can do that with relative safety. Yes, we still have concerns, like, towards our families, but yeah, we also feel like it needs to be talked about. If somebody more qualified comes along and wants to do it, more power to them. Yeah. Well, and how about for you? Do you feel, like... Do you feel safe where you are being yourself, like being trans, being out? Um, actually, like, I feel physically safe, but I, I'm not, like, safe from harassment. Yeah. Like, just, like, a few days ago, I was, like, at, at a convention where there was, like, a, yeah, and one for boys and one for girls, so I went into the boys' room. Yeah. And, like, people, like, starting, thought it would be really funny to, like, make transphobic jokes when we're there. And God then damn it. they said, hey, please stop. And then they said, what, I'm right. Uh, like, one of them said, one of them said something like, she was friends, said like, uh, a man's body would never look like a woman's body, and a woman's body would never look like a man's body, no matter how, how many hormones they take. Uh, and I said, hey, can you please like stop that? And then they pointed at me and said, you know, this is not a man's body. Wow. Uh, that's seriously that's dick move legit harassment and uh yeah, yeah. not okay not okay no, to make like, a comment anything. on your body like for that's infuriating i usually like don't care about them because i, I feel like okay i feel like cisgender men who tr are violent transphobes i usually just like they're i usually like say okay so you want to call me you, you want to call me by my birth name and use she and her on me. So I call you by another name and use she and her on you. And then they get really angry with me and said, what? I say, why? It's not like you're a real man. <laughs> I love that. Fucking wrecked. <laughs> I love it. I respect that so much. So, and then they, yeah. Then it, it, they see the absurdity of it. I feel like the most ridiculous part is about like the bathroom laws. Ugh. Because yeah. a bunch of people were angry. Mention saying, like, we respect people's gender, gender identity and they can use whatever that bathroom they want. Mm -hmm. And then people got, like, seriously upset. And I'm trying to say, what does it matter to you? Even, like, you think they're a woman and they're peeing in a stall next to you and not seeing them even. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't... we live in Texas, so that's been on... Oh. On like, the forefront of the news, every a lot. fucking election cycle here, it's ridiculous, oh, and God. people freak out over it, and no one is able to give any statistics to say, oh, this this many trans people have attacked, blah blah blah. There there is literally no and if incident. You, if you, and if you bring yeah. that up, they're like, well, we just don't want like sexual predators to use it as an excuse. And I'm like, then. It, target them don't target the trans people and they're like but you're the excuse they're using and i'm like god damn it Ugh. and the 
the obnoxious part is like just down the street there is a church that every time this comes up has like huge ass signs like down the street from me and i'm like what well, do the signs say they're like no predators in restrooms oh oh i haven't seen that that's really upsetting i i've pointed out to you a few times but i don't think we've been by it during an election cycle maybe you've mentioned it i don't know i don't oh man like i'm a gender non-conforming person too like i'm i I identify as a man but i'm gender non-conforming which means like sometimes i wear makeup or wear like skirts because i feel like it yeah skirts are awesome just saying yeah more people need to try them so people like (laughs) so usually i don't like really present myself as very very manly because i also don't have like the ability to go through hrt or like top surgery or stuff like that will physically change my appearance and then go into the man's bathroom and they get like i'm obviously not a cisgender guy and they get very very like intimidated with me uh, so yeah how dare you challenge like... their gender norms to their face okay. so is in israel is there a law about the bathroom usage uh no no but, but they're usually yeah and there are usually laws like against gay people and the thing is you like laws getting passed affect like people who aren't wealthy gay men cisgender gay men yeah because there was like a storm about i don't know how it's called but when you when like a gay couple um a woman helps a gay couple by becoming pregnant and giving them her child. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Surrogacy situation. Surrogacy. Yeah. So I don't know what it's called in English. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, it's like forbidden. You can't get that in Israel. You need, so they need like a ridiculous amount of money to go to New York, to go to Nepal, to go to like South Africa to get, oh. get their kid. And last year, like a law passed that same sex couples can't adopt kids. Whoa. Yeah. Even from like and, outside of Israel, uh, I, I I'm not sure. I haven't really oh, read okay. into that. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I just. But yeah, the the adoption rights have been affected. Yeah, that's always yeah. a common running thing. <sighs> and it's like, but, and it's like this only affects people, you know, on the who who are non, internationally mobile people who don't have the money or the passports to go. And it's always a regulation on poor people, not the rich. Like I was talking to someone about like a, a famous gay couple getting like that, getting like a kid from New York, and said, "Oh, I put them. It's like cost them hundreds and thousands of dollars to get that kid." Yeah. Wow. Yeah, people don't pay attention to like struggles that happen in non-white communities especially like palestinian communities because they say oh you you think your rights are bad here try going to gaza and they say well you kind of control we kind of control gaza and we can help them and what happens to them there and if you say well your rights are bad but there are worse theirs are worse you can like it's, like, it's a distraction ca- tactic that we've come to refer to around here in America as whataboutism. It's like, like let's well, stop. What yeah. about? 
yeah, yeah. without ever addressing the issue. It's like yeah, and you... uh, it's actually because Israel makes it worse for them because it talks them and accuses stuff against them, like yeah. like a, a man that's cheating on his wife. They like tell him, okay, you're either hurting us or we'll tell your wife. Oh. So they do that a lot to LGBT people. They say, oh, we know you're gay. So if you don't help us, we'll tell your family that you're gay. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. That was like that blackmail. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Doing that, and they say, well, that's army. They're doing that, and it's, and it's making stuff worse for people in the West Bank. And yeah. you're saying, like, oh, think about them when we're making stuff worse for them. A vicious... Ugh. A vicious shitty cycle. Yeah. yeah, like, I talk about my trans, like, trans experience with cisgender people, or, like, I talk about being queer, and they say, and they say, oh, it's really bad here, and I bet, like, it's... Uh, even, like, I heard it, like, when a Palestinian person was talking about their experience, and who lives in Israel talking about their experience and then people saying, well, at least you're not in Gaza, they'll throw you off the roof. Ugh. And that's not like... You're like, that's not the standard that we should be celebrating. Yeah. It's like, then, they're yeah. basically saying, stop talking about this or because it's worse elsewhere. I'm like, well, shouldn't we be doing better both here and where we have power? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I feel like uh, although they, it's like a, a lot of like Arab Jews can't go back to their countries of origin because okay, most of Arab Jews are mixed somehow. Yeah. Like most of the people I know are mixed, even if they're like one hundred percent white, they can be like half Ukrainian and stuff like that. Yeah. So no one's like usually a hundred percent one ethnicity. Right. So. A, when people say, oh, I want all Jews to go back to their countries, most people can, like, pick one. And the other part is, like, yeah. a lot of, like, are... You're cutting out again. It's, like, don't allow the Israelis in. Yeah, yeah, we get that here, too, sometimes. Like, they yeah, should just I go back like... to their own country, and I'm like... Like, which, which one? <laughs> which one that yeah. won't have me executed? Like, I'll give an example. Like, there are a lot of Yemeni Jews. And people will tell them, oh, we want, like, Jews to go back to their countries. And then they say, well, I don't have a Yemeni passport. And, like, Yemen, the government says, if you're Israeli, like, you should get out, like, right now. There are, like, five countries, most of them in the MENA, that they say, like, if you're Israeli, you should get out. And if you can't get out, it's you. Like, I'm not, I'm not allowed to, I wanted to visit Tunisia to see my cousins and yeah. see, like, family I had there and the place well so, they say oh it's really dangerous oh, wow. just because they have like on my passport I was born in Israel and yeah. I have like an Israeli passport the travel Things restrictions like... or you, travel restrictions or the danger is very um, it, it really limits puts a limits like people's connections to their roots or their yeah. family and, that's and it's really not just sad. like the official harassment it's like yeah, if we go and we somehow get past the border, it's like, will we be able to get back out? Will we be yeah. stopped like an unofficial checkpoint and disappear? You know, it's not always just mm -hmm. about official process. It's about what actually happens mm -hmm. on the ground. Yeah.
yeah. I feel like it's worse for queer people because usually like there are laws against like gay people against trans people and I think like I want to visit Tunisia but if I want to like change legally change my name and search HRT and stuff like that I can't go there because it would be even more dangerous for me yeah I feel like I remember like a story about this Israeli trans woman that had like she appeared very feminine and she had like mail on her passport and she wanted to go to Sinai to Egypt mm -hmm. and they just like didn't let her pass yeah. She said, no, like, you can't pass. Oh, my gosh. And people, and then she said it, it, like, she posted it on Facebook, and people said, well, you're lucky, why did you Egypt? You're lucky, oh, you're lucky to not, like, why would you want to go? Yeah. Ugh. I hate when people it's make like... that argument. It's like, I shouldn't have to justify why I want to go somewhere that means something to me. Yeah, and conversely, it's like, why should I be cut off from my own past and culture? That's like kind of my point, of my view about Israel. When I was, when once, one, one point, I completely disagree with it, how it was founded and what it stands for. And on the other end, it's my home, it's where my family is, and it's where my friends are. And if I like, I want to move, like Berlin or Paris, then I have to like start over, and it won't be my home. It won't be like my memories and my childhood. That must be a really complicated feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Happens um, because in the end, it is your home. Yeah, and yeah. it's not like that connection goes one way. You know, like what if your parents need you like later in life? What if you need to help friends? You know, it's, it's true. once you leave, it's very oh. difficult sometimes to come back. Yeah. yeah. Right. I remember, like, I was talking to someone. They all like, I don't support like. I don't like buy stuff from Israel and I was really confused because like I can't like do that because I go to like the supermarket and buy cheese and then like I support Israel. Right, what else are you supposed just... to do? Yeah. That's a that's an interesting point. Yeah. It's like, well, uh I need that's... to eat. I'm, like I so I don't live. really have I'm almost 17 and I don't really have an option to leave yet. The whole boycotting assumes a certain level of economic privilege, especially for people who are yeah. in the region. Like, uh, I would personally love to boycott American products, especially given our involvement, America's involvement in a whole bunch of shitty stuff. But because I live here, you know, I could technically do that, but I'd be living way beyond my means, you know? Yeah, to get everything imported, to buy everything that's imported, like that's, that's a tall order. Very financially not not possible for most people. I, I feel like it relates to like a vegan lifestyle that most people like can't afford it. It's much, much cheaper than like quinoa and tofu and stuff like that. Mm. Plus it assumes a certain level of access to healthcare to properly make sure you're getting like the proper nutrition and have perhaps the yeah, vitamins and yeah. supplements to do that. It, it A lot of these choices these political choices do imply a certain level of economic uh, mobility and status yeah so yeah it's definitely important to think what's accessible like before judging other people think about the access that they have to yeah what you're yeah what you're talking about that's why i like art because i can like say i can like create my point of view through a painting or like a, a 
and people I can like because I can I can like share my point of view through yes. art and I really yeah I mean you get your point across and then people also interpret it in a way that they might need or be looking for yeah yeah like I I feel like uh, Ali and I often need to see like some art with some queer people who look like us yes so seeing yeah. your art it feels validating it's <laughs> thank very, you yeah it, it, it's a really good feeling because you think oh my gosh look how beautiful people like us are how yeah. just how beautiful a relationship like that is um yeah i feel like i i write a little like i try to write and people like usually like my friends i they say like oh i like cosplay your characters but i'm not gay and tunisian so i can't because that's what i create i create like oh i create like media about gay tunisians because yeah i never see that and i think like i feel like when i see people like me even like when I create ridiculous situation or fantasy settings, like I can say, uh, I, I can fall in love with the human person, and people like would like say, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's like a good fantasy setting. And I say, oh, they're both gay. One of them's Jewish, and it's in Tunisia. And they say, no, wait, that's too much. That's too much representation. And to call it off. Oh my gosh. So, it's too specific. No one else can relate. That's like, but yeah, I but can. you're like. But I can, and there are yeah. many people who can and need this. Even like when people laugh about like self-insert, and people like recreate themselves as a character. So what? So it's... like I create myself as a character that's twenty years older, and also so what? Yeah. I mean, people in the fanfic community will always shit on self-inserts, but self-inserts can result in very important representation. And yeah, maybe it's just like a few people who get it, but you know, art isn't for the broadest audience. Art is for the for who wants it. Yeah, and I think something. Well, I think something that specific will reach more people than you can ever like predict. Exactly. Yeah. Like I feel like there was one person who, I feel okay. So I don't create my art for cisgender heterosexual men at all. Yeah. I don't even think about them when I create. So like one person, he tries to he's like straight and cis, and he tries to tell me like my art is ugly, and I say okay, so what? He's like it's not for you, you don't understand it. Yeah. And I don't care that you think it's ugly. And funny enough, like the three weeks after that, I get like more and more like followers and work, uh, oh, like yeah. job offers and stuff like that. <laughs> so I love really it. Funny. I love it. <laughs> Because you're like, this is, I'm not seeking your input, person. This yeah. is not yours. Be because because you're, you're, you're doing art that's needed. People seeing you have that conversation, like, really means a lot to them. And they, they say, wait, okay, this art is for me then. Yeah. Because it's not for this, even like, straight, this straight guy. Yeah. Even like when my dad says, like, my dad is like quiet and he's straight and he's he says like, oh, oh i don't like this uh, or uh -huh. like i don't like that you put like so much makeup on them or on yourself so like okay so don't do it then i love that like, yeah like if you don't like it, you don't well, do it yourself <laughs> yeah yeah like you said yeah. like i don't like that lipstick so i say okay don't wear it then like no one's i love that yeah <laughs> i know i i love the uh response when people are like oh i can't 
gay marriage is so blah and you're like so don't have one yourself yeah because <laughs> I, I can't stand when like girls want to kiss other girls so like don't kiss a girl she's so yeah. mad about it easy solution don't do it <laughs> Yeah, but, <laughs> but so con true. conversely, making minority representative art normalizes the presence of the queer minority. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, hey, I've seen this before. I'm less freaked out about it. I've had time to process it years before because I saw this really, really cute piece. Yeah. That's why I really like classical or cliche settings with LGBTQ characters or North African. Like, I remember there's, I, I think I wrote you about it there's an episode like it was in the book first called american gods and there's a oh, part of yeah. the book yeah where there's like a sex scene between two middle eastern men where yes. one of them is a gene yeah. yeah so i was so excited when you you mentioned that <laughs> i need to i need to see that neil gaiman is but, awesome i saw it i'm like okay so they're in love so like it's a five minute sex and they're in love Oh, and I can, amazing. And I can like sit with my friend and like and so most of my friends are queer uh -huh. and even if they don't like share the same ethnicities as me, I can like make them interest interested in like North African characters. Like my best friend is white and she's making us like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Oh, and one cool. of like the main characters she created was like a Mina guy a Mina gay guy named Salim. Yes. yes that's amazing so, that's amazing yeah it, even if, if it starts yeah. there like as a, a a small group thing like that that representation alone is yeah. so vital and it's powerful because like yeah like i've never liked romance stories until i started reading like queer romance stuff you know and understandable I, and i always find stuff that in includes my identity somehow like way more moving. Like uh, recently, I was watching this one anime, Steins Gate. It has a trans character whose arc is very dramatic and very powerful and very well written. And I basically cried for three straight, straight episodes. And yes, I, she did. I saw this. <laughs> and I don't cry over like a lot of stuff. And now I'm gonna cry just thinking about it. It meant a lot to Ellie because it's like it was so novel. Well, not even novel. It just spoke yeah. to me. It's like, hey, I I can totally relate. I would totally do this thing. I, yeah. But that's that's sort of the thing. Like when you discover, hey, there's media that actually represents somebody who looks, maybe thinks like me. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Even if like it's not nude writing, or, like good filming, I, I prefer right. it because I'd rather like watch shitty, cliched movies about queer people of color. Yes. Than watch like than like a high, a really expensive, made, expensively made movie with great special effects and stuff like that. I, yeah, it's like yeah. we still love the L word, even though we recognize there's a lot of shitty elements to it. Yeah, the L word. Oh my gosh. And we still like the, like there's this one movie we often talk about called The Bubble. Have you no. seen it? Oh, oh Habwa. No. Um, it basically it... plays into sort of like every um, gay Middle Eastern stereotype and we recognize it and then we yeah. make fun of it, but we still love it because, hey, it's it's there, it exists. It represents yeah. us in a small way. Because it's like the Palestinian and the Israeli Jew and they fall in love and it ends in tragedy. And it's like, okay, yes, we've seen this plot like so many times, you know, but it's still, even though it might be cliche or maybe overdone, like over and over, it still meant a lot to us. We relate 
to some of this so much, like yeah. the queer aspect, the Middle East aspect, um, disapproving family aspect, so many elements. And another movie exactly. that I remember yeah. like stupidly because it had like a lesbian aspect in it is this movie uh, Caramel. It's a oh, Lebanese Caramel. movie. Like normally I would be like forgettable. I'd forget about it because like my family loves to see like Lebanese represented in media because they are Lebanese and they want to see like Lebanese movies. Yeah, of course. And for most of them, like say the green line, it's like immediately forgettable for me because it's not relatable. But I remember Caramel because of the lesbian thing. Just like a French movie um, about like Tunisian gay man called The String. Mm -hmm. And I only found it like in like shitty quality and the translate like the subtitle translated and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it like five times and I'm telling like it's not a good movie and I say yeah it's not really a good movie but like I'll watch it again <laughs> and I watched like five minutes really excited because I said his aunts don't have like a French accent and then said she said yeah. no that's like your grandma's accent she has a Tunisian accent Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah Oh, even yes. I get really excited because I like so I heard like a voice that sounded like my grandma with her accent when she speaks French like on TV. Yeah, that 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 probably felt really surreal and also really close to you. Yeah, like something you felt connected to. It's a really amazing feeling. Like I um, even. Um, I never see like Saudi anything in media except, you know, terrorists, something depicting yeah. like terrorists or um, just like the worst possible aspects of the culture or the country, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, mm -hmm. in the US, there's a Saudi American female movie director, Haifa Al Mansour, and just hearing mm -hmm. about her made making movies <laughs> what <laughs> and it felt so amazing i immediately felt so connected to her i wait it's possible for a saudi female to do this and yeah. you know so it's it's just a cool feeling when you have that that moment even so. like I, I remember like i made a post like oh i love like north african representation in the media and yeah. then i had like the, the like the picture from back to the future oh oh my god and there's shooting at them oh God damn right the, the opening scene basically. where they talk the about libyans and, and they yell at the libyans and yelling libyans. in arabic oh my god yeah so like i love north african representation in the media oh but that's yeah oh yeah oh that was a terrible moment in history in uh media history it was the 80s yeah. everything was awful like everyone like oh remembers God, the it. there's like a lot of, there's like a lot of 80s nostalgia here in america at the moment but like when you go back and watch a lot of this stuff, it's like incredibly creepy or incredibly bad. Like in a lot yeah. of aspects. Yeah, like, 90s like too. Even like even like when when people like want want me to watch like classic movie from the forties, I watched like twenty minutes into like Casablanca and I said, well, it's a bad movie and like I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah. Especially yeah. like this setting that's in North Africa that features like only white people. And like one Ugh, yeah. black person who is, I don't know if they're even North African, playing the piano and that's it. Uh, I think that was Sam no, Davis that's Jr. It. No, wait, I was probably wrong. But yeah, no, he was an American actor. Oh. And I feel it's like, like, why can't we get 
North African actors. Well, because 1940s Hollywood yeah. studio system, that's why. I know. But uh, like even, in both... in, even in the 80s, like uh, a lot of movies that people consider classic, you know, will ha always have like the offhand gay joke or the offhand trans joke mm -hmm. or the offhand thing. And like no one rep remembers that except us because we're like, well, that's just like a minor thing. This was a throwaway joke. And I'm like, but yeah. that was a throwaway joke about me. Yes. Yeah. So that's like one of the reasons I'm both really excited and really scared for like the Aladdin reboot because oh, the, pro the, oh, the yeah. producer is white. And I'm really scared because they cast like a bunch of people from different ethnicities, like an Indian actress and a Tunisian actor and an Egyptian actor. And then there's sort of a white guy too. And they're like, yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, oh, what was but what reboot? Like, Sorry, I missed that. The Aladdin. The Aladdin oh, reboot. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but man, also, like, yeah. I want to, yeah, I want Mina actors and actresses to get money. Yes, to get, to finally get to get compensated for the creativity they, and skills they have. It's not yeah. asking too much. Most of, <laughs> like, most of, like, um, North African actors who are also French usually, like, play white French characters if they're white passing enough or oh, like yeah. vaguely Mina characters if they're not oh I remember yeah. like like the general, Butella, the in general Middle Eastern character or even like a white person they play like a white person because they're French yeah. so they play a French person and that person's like and I'm like yeah. a, like I'm, I'm a South African person with a French uh, pass, French passport colonialism Oh, well, Ellie, oh. And Ellie's having a bad coughing fit, which we are muting out, and she's getting over a really bad cold, so that's why this sudden stop. So I guess it's time to wrap up this episode. Um, Ellie's not feeling very well, so I think we'll stop here. Um, but Raphael, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being Thank you so honest. much. You too. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have, like to talk to you because i've been following your art for a while and um it's just so cool to talk to you so thank you i am a fan and this podcast is really amazing thank you it's been a really special uh project so yeah yeah um so i will if it's okay with you i will post your instagram handle on the website and stuff is yeah, that okay? sure okay and yeah, is sure. that the Thank best you. is that the best way for people to contact you through your Instagram? Yeah. Okay. I can also like send you like my Tumblr because it's a weird URL. Oh yeah, that would be great. Be okay. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Um all right, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. Um you can find us at thequeerarabs.com, on iTunes, all your favorite podcast apps. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Queer Arabs. And please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. So Thank you again, Rafael. Mm -hmm.